Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And, of course, they have Junior Bergen T-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Gus, the first meal I had outside my own home following the quarantine was at your house. Brought over a bunch of meat. I brought over my Alpine Touch, but I didn't bring it home. I forgot it at your place. Our first meal was made better, as every meal is made better by Alpine Touch on basically everything. I put Alpine Touch hickory smoke on my cereal in the morning. <laughs> It's, it's reached that level of usage. And the fact that you left it, I knew that you left it at my house. You brought it over, left it at my house. And like a real jerk, I said nothing to you because I was like, well, that's mine, dude. That's it. You came to my house. You left it in my house. And I'm eating all of it. We've gotten so far into this Alpine Touch obsession, I think, that I just think we might be able to host a podcast about all the things that you can make with Alpine Touch. It would be short. Everything. (laughs) They have a bunch of different varieties of spices, as we know. Uh, They are local from the state of Montana. Shoto, shout out, original Alpine Touch. And it's great when it's not just local, when it's not just supporting the state of Montana, but when it's also actually the best thing that you can get. I mean, when it comes to spices, uh, it's second to none. So, boys and girls, use your Alpine Touch. Colter, tell them where they can get it. AlpineTouch.com, no matter where you're at in the entire world listening to this, if you are in the United States of America and you make an order of over $50, which, you know, if you get yourself the Grand Slam and maybe some barbecue sauce, some sunflower seeds, you're there. Free shipping anywhere in the United States of America right now. Uh, so go to AlpineTouch.com. They're rolling out all their summer Big Mountain flavor packages. The sunflower shoots are really, really good as well. Alpine Touch has got you covered. Alpine Touch, Montana's special spice. It's 4 o'clock. Welcome to Tutel and Nuanes, Montana's only statewide sports talk show. Broadcast on 102.9 ESPN Radio for Western Montana and across the state on SWX Television. I like football! Sports talk from Montana for Montana. Live from the Kurtz Polaris studio, here is Ryan Tutel and Coulter Nuanez. Hello, Montana. The NCAA Board of Governors delivered a verdict. 
Feels a lot like passing the buck. And Missoula Mavericks fall in the first game of the state, not Legion, but Legion baseball tournament. It is 2 Tell Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Hi, how are you? Great to be with you across the great state. Thanks for letting us ride along wherever you are, whatever you're up to. We're appreciative of being there with you. If you would like to listen live on the World Wide Web, if it's easier for you that way, maybe it's just more fun. Maybe, you know, maybe you can hide it easier at the office. I respect that. Put the earbuds in. 1029ESPN.com. That's where you go. Uh, I'm hiding this here. My boss doesn't even know that I am that I even work here, that I even do a show here. It's a, a <laughs> very clandestine work that we have, this radio show. Uh, 1029ESPN.com is where you go. You listen live all the time on the stream. The stream is available thanks to Opportunity Bank. Opportunity Bank, your local bank. Your opportunity. If you want to call us, you can do that. If you want to text us, you can do that. And you can use the same number to do both. What a thing. Area code 406. Perhaps you heard of that. 361-3688. 361-3688 is the phone number. All guests join us via the Rankage Brothers RV phone line. Today on the show, we're going to go through the uh, the verdict, the vote that was delivered by the NCAA Board of Governors uh, earlier today regarding fall sports championships. And uh, it is uh, that they will conduct fall sports championships, capital I, capital F, and then a long laundry list of things that must be done to accomplish, you know, the ability to have fall championships. And so we still are in very muddy waters, to say the least. But we'll get into that, what the result of it is, how was it handled or not handled. It is Wednesday. We're going to have some fun on a Wednesday, a midweeker here. We're going to get ourselves a little uh, Desperado Sports Tavern Wings going. Got some Wing It Wednesday trivia. Uh, tomorrow, the PGA Championship begins. We got the NBA bubble going on. We got the NHL bubble going on. We got the MLB COVID going on. So these are the things that are happening in the sports world. We'll get to all that stuff and uh, and play some trivia along with you. Uh, we will talk a little bit of who it's top of the hour. We will be joined for our roundtable this week by Sam Herter of Hero Sports. This is easily this is a world record for closest proximity to oneself of roundtable appearances. We had Sam Herter on the roundtable maybe a month ago, and he's back again. Was it the round? It was, wasn't it? It was. was it just, yeah. And this is Sam's third appearance on the roundtable. And as everybody that follows the ESPN roundtable knows, we like it to be our long-form interview, and we like to have uh, unique and original guests, and we... Hardly ever double down. We've had a couple repeat guests, um, you yeah. know, the most prestigious of them, like the head coaches at Montana, Montana State for various revenue sports. But the reason we're doubling down with Sam is is just the fact that it is really hard to cover any entity on a national level. But when you're covering something on a national level like the guys at Hero Sports do, to then cover it well but also nationally, if that makes sense, totally. is very challenging, and Sam has done a tremendous job of it. His Twitter, I mean, I have my notifications set up because I want to see what Sam's reporting on because he's had a lot of really good sources. He's got a lot of really good takes. And also, first and foremost, he cut his teeth in the Missouri Valley at North Dakota State, and I think that's the most interesting parallel between the big sky. That's one of the main reasons why we want to have him on. So we'll be excited to be joined by Sam on the ESPN Round. It's kind of an interesting thing, too, because normally the national reporting that they do, and they do a great job of it, but it is, hello, football that they're reporting. And it's really hard to do that, especially when you're kind of a, a lone wolf entity. You know, even like ESPN, 
their national coverage of the FBS is essentially broken down by conference and even further by team by entities who work for ESPN. It's you know sure there's the Kirk Kirk Herb Streets of the world you know that are out there that have you know a pretty good handle on the lay of the land overall, but it's really hard to be a reporter and talk about what's happening on the field in the programs at the national level. I mean, it's, it's just... But this is a story that is an actual, proper, singular national story. It's got a lot of elements to it, a lot of layers. Uh, and this is, you know, this is what they're built to do, and he does a great job, so hopefully we'll learn something there. We will also uh, get into uh, the the state baseball tournament, which is ongoing. It just started earlier this afternoon uh, in Billings. Again, it's not a Legion tournament, but it is effectively the state, the state Legion tournament, what has always been the state Legion tournament. It's just not on, uh, operating under that nomenclature this season. But the Missoula Mavericks played in the first game. They were the sixth seed going up against the third-seeded Kalispell Lakers. Kalispell won the game, uh, just finished about 15 minutes ago, 7-5 the final there. This is a double elimination tournament. So now the Missoula Mavericks uh, will be in uh, a player, uh, a a loser-out game tomorrow afternoon at 1 o'clock. They will play the loser of the Helena Great Falls game, which is uh, ongoing right now. So we will get you updates on scores uh, as we're able to uh, throughout the course of the afternoon. So there you go. That is the show today. If you are uh, watching us on the television side, uh, we have a bronze statue. Now, we bronzes are a very interesting medium. They're very heavy. The sculpting process and what goes into it, I'm not entirely sure. It seems like a bronze is sort of necessarily uh, impressionistic. Yes. We have here the Iron Tumbleweeds. right. Uh, Don Hass. It's unclear to me which player he is. He's the one with the ball. Okay. He's one of the greatest running backs in Montana State and Big Sky Conference history. The the thing, here's my issue, okay? I, I can't wait to hear it. On, on this bronze. It is commemorating Don. It is. As you said, one of the all-time greats who is a running back, it makes sense that he would have the football, that he would be carrying the football. The reason that I'm hesitating on this, he in this form here that I'm looking at is about to get lit up by the defender who is going to certainly bring him down. I mean, we got a full rib shot going on right here with the shoulder pads of the defender about ready to make the iron tumbleweed tumble back up the field. It doesn't seem like all that flattering a portrayal for one of the great running backs that we've ever, you know, had in in the state of Montana in the Big Sky Conference. So that I'm I'm just I'm concerned with you know, maybe the motive that the sculptor may have had putting this together, purportedly commemorating this guy, but perhaps with an axe to grind? I mean, what exactly do you make of this right here, Coulter? Um, I think you're overthinking it, man. I think that every running no. back, I think the greatest of running backs were, who ran, who ran over everybody on every play that they ever played? None. Everybody got gets lit up all the time. I understand so that, but if you're making games. a sculpture of a guy, like, would you want to put Kareem Abdul-Jabbar in front of, you know, you know Staples Center and have his skyhook getting blocked by somebody? I mean, that doesn't make any sense. You want to remember them in their best light. I will say he's giving a forearm to the helmet. Uh, he kind of whiffed on the stiff arm, and he's going straight elbow, which has also got to be painful. So maybe the idea is that he's shedding this tackler, but it looks for all the world like he's about to be 
uh, well, dropped right here on the spot. Glendive product. There's only four Bobcats in the history of the program that have their numbers retired. Those men, Sonny Holland, Bill Kohler, Jan Stenerud, and Don Hass, the Iron Tumbleweed. Don Hass is one of the greatest running backs in the history of the Big Sky Conference. In 1966, he rushed for a then-Big Sky Conference record 1,460 yards and 20 touchdowns. That 1,460 yards only surpassed by Troy Anderson's season a couple years ago when he was playing quarterback, and the 20 touchdowns only surpassed by Troy Anderson's touchdown total. Hass ended his career almost 3,000 rushing yards and 29 touchdowns, both school records, both Big Sky Conference records. Spent uh, a couple years with the Cowboys. One of the funniest guys I've ever talked to in my life. We 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 love uh, we love the Iron Tumbleweed around here, and that's the only way that I feel comfortable referring to him. And what a great nickname, right? I mean, it's I, I just rewatched. I don't know for the fiftieth time the the Big Lebowski. <laughs> Never seen it. I'm just kidding. I just like. Jobbing with you. I mean, I, my finger went to the mute button. Yeah, I Did never you watched see that? I didn't I was watch, shutting your mic off. I, I didn't watch it a second time because I just didn't think it was worth the time. This, this, you just stick with me, pal. You will, you will get through <laughs> a, your best life. <laughs> uh, anyway, there's a lot of tumbleweed references happening yep. in uh, the Big Lebowski, and none of them are made of iron. Okay, we move on. Two tell them want us ESPN Radio, the NCAA Board of Governors. Uh, has been uh, in a board meeting, in a Zoom meeting, 25-member meeting, uh, addressing 14 agenda items. One of those is the administration of fall sports championships. Uh, According to our esteemed guests that we had on the show on Friday, that is both athletic directors at the uh, Big Sky Institutions in the state of Montana and the commissioner of the Big Sky Conference, essentially the idea was if it got a thumbs up, that the goal and hope to try and proceed with some sort of football season in the fall was going to be uh, pursued. If it got a thumbs down, that being the championships, it seemed likely that they a football season would be pursued in the spring in the Big Sky Conference. And what they got was a very tepid sideways thumb from the NCAA here. Um Basically, the, the they have not canceled or kiboshed or said we will not administer a fall sports championship, but they have a list of you know of the d- demands of requirements that have to be met by all the member institutions of all the sports in order to make it then possible to have a fall sports championship. Uh, One of those is, for instance, 50% or more of eligible teams in a particular sport in a division, if they cancel their fall season, there will not be an NCAA championship. So we've already had four or five conference, is it six conference cancellations? Now, some of, well, yeah, some of those obviously do not, like the Ivy League, have a postseason offering, so I don't know that that would necessarily uh, uh, impact this, but... As of right now, if everybody who hasn't canceled yet chose to play FCS college football, you'd be at about two-thirds, maybe not even quite. 59%. 59. 73 teams remain in the mix. Okay. There is a possibility, a very slight one, but there is a possibility that you could, uh, quote-unquote, uncancel, depending on what the scenario might present. Really doubt that's going to happen. 
There's, a hundred, there's 119 FCS playing schools. 16 of those schools... Let, let me get this right. 119 FCS playing schools. 13 of those schools do not count towards the 50% limit. So you're talking about 106 schools. So your drop-dead number is 53. There's 73 schools right now. So if one whole league was to cancel now... Huge hit. Mm-hmm. If 20 schools drop out, huge hit. And so, but now they're going to pass. It basically, it makes it so that each individual conference and each individual school can make their own decision. Um, this is a, this is an interesting dance. I realize that the, the, the conference ADs, probably the presidents, and I imagine the commissioner, are not too happy with, with this. Um, that said... Here's the thing. It is, this is again. You 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 pointed this out. I think in a, in a in a message to me, but the conference is always always in control of what it does, and the teams are always in control of what they do in the regular season. No matter what, every year the exactly. regular season is not run by the NCAA. The NCAA runs nothing. That's what people need to understand. The NCAA is only an organization to operate championships. It's also a member organization. So who runs the NCAA at the end of the day? The schools. Mm -hmm. So you have to let the schools. I thought about this all day. When it first came out, I thought, what a passive-aggressive, weak decision by the NCAA. They're trying to pass the buck. They're trying to pass the accountability. They want any conference that does cancel to be the bad guy, and they don't want any bad publicity on their own hand. But then I thought about it a lot more, and I, I realized at the end of the day, the NCAA is the schools. So now the NCAA, instead of canceling the fall championships, they're letting the schools decide if it's viable to have the fall championships. And I think that's where we stand right now because I, I think that on one, so I, I talked to a lot of different administrators from around the Big Sky Conference, uh, as well as just people in the, that are involved in the FCS in general. And the overwhelming thought was not necessarily that, like you said, the conference commissioner and athletic directors are upset with this decision. It's not the decision itself that's upsetting. It's the fact that if this was what we were going to do, do it in June. Do it in July. Yeah. We've known this was coming. If you were only going to pass the the responsibility of decision making to member institutions and conferences, do it weeks ago so that we could have a better chance at pivoting. So where do we go from here now? The NCAA Division One Council meets next week, August twelfth. That will be a, a pretty defining meeting. The Big Sky administrators meet tomorrow via Zoom. That'll be a defining meeting. And the NCAA has put a drop dead date on this thing. August 21st for people to decide. So it's going to be a continuing scenario of moving parts. But to me, the most detrimental things that came out of this were twofold. One, you let me let me just you I'll you say this but it, it, just to be clear. They they do put the onus on the schools, but they also, as you're about to address, they do give guidelines that must be met by the schools. So it wasn't just you make your decision, and if we're there at the end, then we'll have a championship. It's you can make your decision to play. Here's what you have to do in order to get us to administer a fall championship, and then the list. So, but you there, and there's there's some of these that 
probably are, are, are expected, and then some of these that are pretty particular. So go ahead. At Blackfoot Communications, we're experts at keeping your business technology up and running from networks and security to communications and 24-7 support. Our team works with you to understand your technology demands, then deploys the right solution for your unique needs. Whether your company is just starting out or is looking to take the next step, Blackfoot is here to help. Call 866-541-5000 or visit goblackfoot.com slash business. Blackfoot, connect to more. Well, th- this is a this is a text message from somebody that's involved in Big Sky Conference athletics. Okay, uh, and I thought that they said it perfectly. Said the most frustrating part about this is just how passive aggressive this decision is. The guidelines that they pass are going to be really hard to meet, if not impossible, for most schools in the Big Sky. But instead of the NCAA straight up saying that the postseason has been postponed, they set unreachable requirements and leave it up to us. If that was the case, why couldn't we have figured this out earlier? I think that's the prevailing sentiment is that the 50% eligible is tough. The required testing is tough. And the required testing, I understand why they have to do that. But this is where we get into such murky waters. The political climate in every state is completely and utterly different. The access to testing, the way you can turn testing around, how quickly can you do it, it's all different everywhere the other thing that's so in- different and and i want to i want to pivot off of this briefly because i do think that what we're seeing unfold aside from adults making administrative decisions here we're seeing an uprising of athletes yes. who want to be treated fairly and this is where the testing gets so so sketchy montana the, the state of montana and this trickles down into university students who are then in turn also student-athletes at both Montana and Montana State. Very strict privacy laws when it comes to health. Mm. There was a time when college football coaches used to get up at press conferences and they'd give an injury report. What's changed since then? Well, multiple things have changed. Press conferences used to not be live-streamed all over the place. You know, The opponent of the week couldn't just watch Bobby Houck talk in real time and then say, oh, Best receiver, best running back are banged up. He's questionable. Okay, we're going to plan. We're game plan like that. So the access of information has changed. But the other thing that's changed is the HIPAA laws that are enacted by the state that then trickle down to university students. I believe it's still the case. You have to sign a waiver to allow a coach to address what might be going on with you physically. If you don't sign it or you don't want your health information out there, that is a law. A coach cannot say so and so broke his ankle. That, right. that that's a grounds for a lawsuit. That's so. But then that's where it gets really hairy because that the laws are not the same in all the different states. Mm-hmm. What's the level of transparency when it comes to COVID testing? And this leads me to what's been going on at Colorado State. So yesterday, there's a report that spread like wildfire all across every major media outlet in the country that Colorado State's coaching staff had told their players, here's the thing, we're going to test you internally. Those results are not going to be released. If you have any sort of coronavirus symptoms, you will not talk to that to anybody about those besides the coaches and the trainers. That's it. We are not going to release results to the public. If you are putting yourself in a position where you get sick or you become quarantined, you will lose playing time. So they're basically using a potential virus as a, a weapon against their student-athletes which then got me to thinking, though, if this is happening at Colorado State, a middling at best but but likely bottom third Mountain West school that's struggled mightily since Jim McElwain moved on, 
If it's happening there, it's happening at a lot of places. And that's where then what happened in the Big Ten today is so impactful. We talked about the Pac-12 yesterday. Pac-12 players got together and said, here's all the things that we want in terms of student-athlete health and welfare if we're going to play. The Big Ten did the same thing, very similar plan. The number one thing the Big Ten players put in that proposal, a demand for third-party testing, a demand to get the test administered, analyzed, by doctors, not trainers, mm-hmm. not people that work for the school, not people that work for the head coach, people that work independently of the football program. That's where this whole thing gets so sketchy then because if you're testing, who is the person that is going to regulate if those numbers are real or not? Do you know what I'm saying? Like, Absolutely. If, if, if everybody has to have positive or everybody has to have clean tests to be able to play, well, then who's to say that people aren't manipulating the numbers, especially in states where I'm not going to say that they're allowed to, but where the laws make it easier to manipulate the numbers. And that's where we get in such a, a horrible scenario because say you don't have transparency when it comes to potential positive tests. And say you have kids that either haven't been tested or have been tested, but the results haven't come back. You have kids that are maybe asymptomatic. You have any, Say you have an outbreak on your team and you don't know it, or you have an outbreak on your team and you're trying to hide it. If team over here comes to, let's just use a, a hypothetical scenario. A, a team from Wyoming comes to a team in Montana. The team in Montana has multiple positives, but they don't know it, or they're trying to hide it, or whatever the scenario might be. And then this team from Wyoming leaves with a bunch of infected people. That is a nightmare. That is a disaster that will absolutely destroy the institutions more than just the football teams. And so then that, that's where this thing gets so hairy is what teams are going to want to fundraise the money yeah. to test. But then also, how would you possibly have an equal playing field unless you enact some sort of governing body just to monitor the fairness of testing? I don't know how you do it. It's two telling the one is one two nine ESPN Radio. One of the things that came out of uh, the the vote today is that Mark Emmert, the uh, president of the NCAA, said that the basis. Uh, or the, the, the fundamental, basically, foundation for decision-making in, in this list of requirements that was made was the health and well-being of students. A couple things that are in here that I think are worth making a note of. All student-athletes must be allowed to opt out of participation due to concerns about contracting COVID-19. So they, 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 they have now mandated that all students are totally autonomous in their choice whether to play or not. And if a college athlete chooses to opt out, the individual, uh, the, the, the institution still must honor their scholarship if they're a scholarship athlete. Uh, so, so let's talk about the big sky really quick because yep. Portland State, Bruce Barnum basically did a straw poll of his team. Yep. He said 100% no one wants to play this fall. They want to wait till next fall. So there's a, there's a and, and that's not a sources say, that's coach saying this is the scenario with my team. Right. So there's there is student athletes taking advantage of this. Then you have the report out of Idaho, which is not from the head coach. It's not from any adults. It's from all the student athletes, all the young adults. But the fact that Brett McMurphy reported that three quarters of Idaho's team does not want to play, but then that I thought, well, with anonymous sourcing, that's a large percentage to put on it. How do you put a, a actual definitive percentage? You could have said some Idaho players. How do you say three-fourths without having real attribution to the three-quarters of the kids that you have? That part yeah. was sketchy journalism. But on the other hand, the fact that Idaho came back and the AD and, the, and Paul Petrino, the head coach, released a statement 
There's validity to it, no question. And so this is the other thing is I think that I can't wait to Sam Herter, talk to Sam Herter about this on the ESPN Roundtable. He's talking about how he's gotten a variety of uh, direct messages on Twitter from players saying they want to play. I think that there's a ton of guys that do want to play. I do. I also think, though, that there's a perception amongst us, the college football-loving people, like you were talking about this at your house last night when we were together, how much you would love to play in a college football game. We all would, I think, broadly. I don't think that people realize when you're in a toxic situation or not an ideal environment, that joy of the game is not necessarily there. There's a lot more teams. Like, if you have the out to not play this season and it helps protect you, your health, your family, as well as you don't get exploited for money by the institution that you play for, yeah. as well as it's already a not great situation. I mean, like the joke on Twitter yesterday was three quarters of the team in Idaho doesn't don't want to play and it has nothing to do with the pandemic. That was yeah. the joke on Twitter yesterday. But that's not a unique situation in totally. college football. And so that's the other thing. That's where I think this whole thing is going to hinge. We have finally this pivot point where the administrators and and athletic directors and commissioners can make a decision now. I do think we can make a plan. Will the student-athletes abide by the plan? And can each respective school afford the plan? Those are the two biggest questions now to me. Speaking of affordability, the other part of this uh, on the students is member schools in conjunction with existing insurance standards must cover COVID-19-related medical expenses for student-athletes to prevent out-of-pocket expenses for the athletes or their families. Now, I don't know how health insurance works for college athletes, you know? I, I don't know the particulars of that. I understand, like, the standard, you know, individual deal is that there's a, you know, there's a deductible, there's a copay, and then when, once you meet whatever, you know, that total is in a given year, now, you know, it's covered and so on and so forth. What If you were to have an, a COVID outbreak, though, on your team, mm-hmm. and the school or the athletic department is responsible for covering all the medical costs associated with the attendance to that, uh, depending on how it's set up. Now, maybe they have a deal where, hey, they got, you know, once you reach your deductible for this kid, uh, then, you know, no matter how much medical attention they require, uh, you know, that the, then that's what the insurance is for. I mean, that's what it's supposed to be there for. So I understand that. That said, if, if you got... If, if you got a $5,000 deductible and 20 kids on your team, have, you know, come down with this, it's $100,000 potentially to go in if, you know, if you were to, to reach the whole thing. That's a lot of money, you know? And right. and I so, again, I don't know if there's how this works into the pre-existing health care, you know, plans or whatever might be there. I don't know, but I think it's, first of all, I think it's a, a very good and reasonable clause to have in here, but also I don't know what that would mean and if there are schools who view the financial liability here, which is added to, like, the already, the, 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 the loss that schools were already going to have to take and athletic departments going to take by playing sports this fall has increased as a result of this, of this today. Exactly. Now you're being asked to invest money in losing money. That's what you're being asked to do. Well, here's the thing. You're being asked to invest money to play a sport, and the sport is a money loser, and the question that you and I always talk about is how big a priority is money? And we know at a lot of places there is no other priority. And 
Also, you would like to think, particularly at the FCS level, that there is such a thing as a priority of playing for the sake of playing because that's what what it is to be a student athlete and participating in this extracurricular activity, quote-unquote. Where do those paths cross? I don't know the answer to it, but yes, the financial realities are stark and are obvious. And, you know, one president in the Big Sky Conference is already not a president any longer as a result of the primarily financial straits that Eastern Washington is in. We keep going through why this is so convoluted and complicated, but... It's because no one knows. I know, I know, but that's why. I I, I keep saying this, and I know that you don't like... I know you think I'm being a doomsday, uh, projecting worst-case scenarios. There's some programs in the FCS where their sole reason for existing is to play Power 5 teams and regional opponents. They do not care, nor do they play for anything but potentially winning their conference, but more importantly getting visual getting uh, exposure for their schools by playing big dogs what's going to happen here i i think now i think that we're going to pivot and i think that we are going to have what we've been speculating about the last couple weeks i think we're going to have some games in the fall that are basically essentially exhibition slash non-conference type games i think then we're going to also have conference only schedules in the spring for the big leagues the big sky the Missouri Valley, the Colonial Athletic Association. But I also think that leagues like the Big South and the SOCON, they got to have the money from the ACC. They got to have the money from the Big 12. And they also would rather have backyard rivalry games than anything else. And so I think they're going to roll. And I think it's going to make the FCS have a really interesting decision. But also, if those schools decide to roll, that could then impede anything that happens this fall and so then basically force the hand of moving the entire thing to the spring because as soon as you have below the 50% number it's over it's going to the spring and as we get further along in this process that seems like the better plan but I just think that this could cause uh, the 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 F the, the landscape of the FCS is going to look distinctly different three months six months and nine months from now than it does right now it's 2 Tell and Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio. We'll leave this here. We will rejoin this conversation at the top of the hour with somebody who at least knows something about this, Sam Herter, the subject of our ESPN roundtable this week. So he will uh, uh, get into all of this and more and try and help us out a little bit, uh, understanding uh, where we are at now uh, at the FCS level with college football for the fall. Next, though, this is for you, boys and girls. 361-3688, 361-3688. Call right now. And win some wings to the Desperado Sports Tavern, the best wings in the city of Missoula. We got some trivia questions for you. You got the answers, and then you got the wings coming to you in the mail. I mean, is it not? Now, we're not going to send the physical wings in the mail. That's messy. We're going to send you the <laughs> card. You get the wings at your own time. 361 3688. Let's do a little bit of trivia right now. Coulter, during this time where we got to be a little bit socially distanced, it's nice to know we can get out on the links and play a little bit of golf. And nobody better than Western Birch to get your round started right. 
That's right, golf's been definitely one of my favorite pastimes during quarantine times. And it's recently landed my new Western Birch customized golf tees. Go check out Western Birch golf tees at westernbirch.com. These classy golf tees are made of 100% white birch hardwood and printed with high quality color right here in the United States. A company founded right here in Montana. These durable wood golf tees, perfect way for you to market your business. Just think, anytime you break a tee, your brand is sitting on the tee box forever. You can hand them out to your clients, your buddies, your golf partners, whoever. Great way to earn top of mind awareness while also playing a sport we all love. Again, you can check out all the cool designs online at westernbirch.com. Add your logo on a thousand of any of their tees for $150 delivered to your door. Give them to clients, friends, watch them get impressed by the quality of the look of a simple golf tee and by your creativity. Give Western Birch the opportunity to show you what they are talking about. Email and ask for Chad at info at westernbirch.com, info at westernbirch.com, or follow on Instagram and Facebook, westernbirch.com. If you want to do a wing it Wednesday, get yourself some wings to the Desperado. Give us a shout. 361 3688. 361 3688. Did I get that right? Yes. 361 3688. We'll do uh, some trivia for you. Give you some wings to the Desperado. It is 2 Tone and 1. It's 1029 ESPN Radio. I'm not asking this question, Coulter, because I think it is uh, relatively ungettable. Uh, but can you tell <laughs> me. What player has scored the most points, individual player in an individual game, since the NBA reconvened in the bubble? Hmm. James Harden dropped 50 the other night. Yeah. But it's not. 40, 49, in fact. Harden had 49. Yeah, on 20 okay. shots. And he, I believe that's the second most. The most points. I, I know was, this, but you're going to tell me and I'm going to. It was 53. I don't think you're going to kick yourself. This, oh. I, this is. Uh, uh, it's uh, TJ TJ Warren. It is TJ Warren. Yeah. Look at you, Coulter. Yeah, buddy. How did you How did you do that? I, I just I just had to remember. If, if I care about it, I can memorize it. If you would have given me a <laughs> That's list why of I'm names, just so up a creek with baseball, and then <laughs> and then give me associated like uh, uh, you know professions, and you yeah. wrote TJ Warren, yeah, yeah. I would have gone mm, author. Didn't he hit like no idea? Didn't who he TJ hit like Warren 10 threes? I, I mean, he, you know, I would have gotten him 30, 30 points of his 53 that he came up with for the Indiana Pacers. I was uh, was making the rounds uh, downtown today, doing some collections and variety of other things, and uh, stopped in to see our, our good boys down at Stockman's Bar. Shout out. I, I hope that they're they're watching and listening. Um, but they had the uh, the Jazz-Grizzlies game on yeah. for a moment. For anybody that follows the jazz on a, a local level, or a, you know, the, the closer you get to the media center, the the easier it is to follow a team from an in depth perspective. It's like we always talk about baseball. When you live in the Seattle area, you just follow the Mariners. It doesn't matter if That's you don't right. like the Mariners. Yeah. You, you just follow them. Yeah. Well, we've had a lot of. First of all, I mean, the Big Sky Conference is based in Salt Lake City, or I guess right outside Salt Lake City in Farmington. And there's a lot of ties to the state of Utah, obviously, both from our company uh, in terms of previous and, and uh, other business partners that we've had, but also, you know, the Big Sky is there, Weber State, Southern Utah is in Utah. And, but also, a lot of the colleagues that we have, especially TV people, 
And that's one thing that's fun working in Montana. A lot of times you work with young TV people that then move up the ranks pretty quick. Mm-hmm. And you still, and you know, now with Twitter, it's easy to stay connected and you still follow these people on Twitter. Anyway, so I've had a pretty up close and personal version of Utah Jazz the last couple of years because several of the people we've worked with previously cover the Jazz. And the, uh, the point guard struggles for the Utah Jazz have been much chronicled. They made the, the trade for Ricky Rubio. He was almost what they wanted, but he couldn't shoot. It was okay. It was like right there. He was just exactly what yeah. Utah fans would love as a point guard, except he couldn't shoot, and it just killed him when it came to crunch time in the playoffs. Then they experimented last year with playing Donovan Mitchell at the one. That didn't work. He's not a one. He's a two. So then they went out and made the big trade for Mike Conley. It's gone horribly. Mike Conley isn't any good anymore for whatever reason. He's, he's a shade of what he used to be. Well, I didn't realize they were doing this till I was watching the game today, but you're going to love this. Let's hear it. They're playing jangles. They're playing jangles at the one. I mean, let's go. It's it is it is so beautiful because <laughs> because it, it, it is such a great example of how you don't have to be fast like Russell Westbrook and John Morant. If you got the ball, they got to go as slow as you. And if you're the slowest guy in the league, that's an advantage. Yeah. Look at Nikolai Jokic. Yeah. He plods all over the place. Nobody takes the ball from him. But Jangles was just, put, I mean, Joe Ingles was just putting it on a string. He was toying with John Morant. John Morant was doing the whole crossover thing. Jangles just swipes the ball right out of his head. And J- Jangles doesn't even move. He's not trying to slide or get in front of you. Nope. He's just staring at him until he ready and goes and swipes it. So Jangles, in his second game playing point guard for the Utah Jazz, I think he had 28 points today, just took John Morant to school. Let's go. It was crafty basketball at its finest, and it made me so happy. And I, kn- I know you are perhaps the biggest Joe Ingles fan in all of Montana. I, I, I may well be. I'm in. I'm leading that bandwagon, that's for sure. Here's my questions, Colter, because we're going to get to your questions okay. uh, in, a, in a moment for Wing It Wednesday. Great. You do not follow baseball that much, I do know. <laughs> I, I, it's 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 an interesting dichotomy because I I do follow it more than I probably let on, but I just I just can't bring myself to just truly care. There are two players currently tied for the home run lead mm. in this season. Okay. We are notably ten or eleven games in. Okay. Name one of the two players that has the most home runs. They are tied with six. Man. I have no clue. Well, you Alex do- Bregman. No. Mike Trout. No. Uh, Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge is an excellent guess and the correct answer. Okay, because I've seen him hit two uh, impossible home runs. I believe the, that- the two times I've seen him, he hit. They weren't just home runs. This these were like four hundred and sixty-five footers. I believe he's hit his six home runs in five consecutive games. He mm. went home run, home run, home run, home run, two home runs. Uh, so, yeah, he's banging him away. The other one, from your Cincinnati Reds, Nicholas Castellanos. So, file that away under who knew. Okay. Guess who's lead, leading the league in hits. And I'll tell you this, it is my new favorite baseball player. Your boy, uh, Lewis. Or Kyle Lewis, rookie for the Seattle Mariners. 18 hits on the season. By the way, he's not on the top list anywhere in terms of batting average. So, he's he's been to the plate quite a bit. Uh, but 18 hits, he's leading it. Last one for you. This is uh, just for fun. Yo's leading the uh, bigs in ERA right now. Who? Mm, cool. You don't. I'll tell you that. Miami Marlins pitcher Pablo 
Lopez. Okay. 0.00 ERA. Oh, is, I mean, what's the minimum <laughs> I don't know. What's well, the I minimum mean, the minimum appearance? would be playing one game, I think, because that's kind of where we're at. It's a very uh, so, but non-consequential stat. Tough, to do, tough to do better than zero, it seems to me. It's 2 Tell and Nuwana is 102.90 ESPN Radio. We could do a wing of Wednesday if you want, 361-3688. Kurtz Polaris. Boys and girls, this is a non-negotiable. This is where you go if you want to have fun in the summer, headed in the fall, wherever you're at every season. You go to 2904 West Broadway in Missoula and Highway 83 in Sealy and see the good folks at Kurtz Polaris. The weather is hot. You can cruise around in the mountains and on the lakes, the rivers, wherever you want to go. You want to get off-road? Get on your dirt bike. Beta and Husqvarna dirt bikes, top in the industry. was in there today checking them out. They are sweet, man. Um, I'm... I'm all in on the dirt bikes, man. Go get your ride. They got all different sizes, all different levels, but they're all top-of-the-line industry standard. They also, of course, have their great set of Polaris side-by-sides, the General, the Ranger, if you need to get work done. You want to go fast? You want to show people a good time? How about a Razor? It's going to get you there in a hurry. And, yes, at Kurt's pontoon boats, crest pontoon boats, you get out on the water, you will be, uh, well, the toast of the town for all the people that are in your world, okay? Crest pontoon boats at Kurtz. Summer the way you've always envisioned with Kurtz Polaris online at KurtzPolaris.com. At Blackfoot Communications, we're experts at keeping your business technology up and running. From networks and security to communications and 24-7 support, our team works with you to understand your technology demands, then deploys the right solution for your unique needs. Whether your company is just starting out or is looking to take the next step, Blackfoot is here to help. Call 866-541-5000 or visit goblackfoot.com slash business. Blackfoot, connect to more. The NBA is in a bubble. And Coulter is watching all of it. It's 2 Tell New Orleans, 102.90 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Top of the hour, 13 minutes from now, Sam Herter from Hero Sports going to help us understand what we need to understand about the state of FCS football and the Big Sky Conference and uh, the NCAA Board of Governors announcement delivery of their result today so we will get to all that with him but wanted to talk a little nba now i'm 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 not a hundred percent on this uh because i don't have the nba app but uh, here's what I'll, i'll say to start between the nhl which, by the way i know you don't care you know you have nothing you know you haven't been watching okay it's fine the nhl has been great in terms of the product on the ice uh, the Major League Baseball I have enjoyed very much. The basketball I've enjoyed very much. The NBA has crushed Major League Baseball and hockey in terms of the viewer experience of watching a game crushed. with the the ambiance in the arenas that is there. They have absolutely knocked it out of the park. And if I understand this correctly, and I don't have the NBA app, but they say, you know, on the NBA app, push to cheer. 
And it is my understanding that, you know, you get your app. You, I, I don't know if you can pick a team every game or if you just sign up. And a lot of times you can pick, well, who's your favorite team? And now you know you're, you're there. And in real time, my understanding, fans at home, whoever's watching the game, can bang away on their app at home. Yeah, can and even, it, in can fact, even, it can even be your face. And it, in fact, brings in noise. They, like, increase the level based on the volume yep. of people who are interacting. And so you get these, what I would call it is an honest relationship of noise to action on the on the floor, even in things like, you know, a guy shooting a free throw and everybody yelling and hollering and all that. And like you said, there's, like, you know, what I don't know if they're holograms or projections mm-hmm. or whatever of people on their phones, on video, you know, on on Skype or what, whatever, what, WhatsApp, and showing themselves in the chair that's sitting there. It has been remarkable, man, to watch that and think about that. And it makes all the sense in the world. And this is something that I think, look, when fans come back to the games, I don't know how you pipe in sound from the outside, but... To be able to, in fact, interact in some way with what's happening on the floor in real time from your couch in Moscow, Russia. <laughs> you know, I it's 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 amazing. It is amazing that they that they've put that thing together, and I think it's I, I'm very impressed with it. I and I think it's been executed really well. So once again, I mean, the NBA. I don't know, man. Like. There's a it's level, just the best run league. It, it is the best by so much. It's the best run league by a mile. I think that they have some inherent advantages because of the limited number of people that they that that are associated with the NBA. I mean, you have right. the smallest number of players by far. Sure. Thereby, you have you know. I guess the number of coaches could be roughly the same. You know, with thirty teams as as it is in other leagues, but the personnel. Trainers, even equipment is 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 you know, it's at something of a minimum. So doing something like the bubble, but who they've brought in to think through and then create and execute this stuff, it's the best run league, man. Just by it's just obviously that. Well, and this is just a microcosmic example of that. I mean, the NBA. Here's a piece of moral advice. This should be fun. If you prioritize people and not money. Every league prioritizes money, then people, except the NBA. If you prioritize people and not money, you'll make all the money still. And then everybody, you'll have all this goodwill, and you can have a global sport where everybody praises you for everything that you do instead of just roasting you like everybody is with Rob Manfred and Gary Bettman and all these other guys. I'm I'm going to agree with you on this. I'm going to maintain a uh, a healthy cynicism here. However, I, so I, I I think of everything that I'm aware of, I think the world of Adam Silver and and the job that he does, yep. and and the point person that he is to deliver the marching orders to the rest of the the, the league, administratively speaking, this mm-hmm. is what we're going to do. And I believe that his heart is in the right place when it comes to the way in which. Uh, you know his approach and his prioritization of the people, particularly the players in his league. It's also easy to forget because we. What do we always say about Roger Goodell? Well, he works for the owners. Well, sure. guess what? So does Adam Silver. Yeah. 
And so why it is that he has been able to take over a league and you know have uh, the the basically the ear to be able to direct the league the way that he would like to instead of being told the way he's going to direct the league by the people who actually own the league, that being the the team owners, I'm not sure. But he has that sort of cachet. I think the fact that he, this was a seamless transition and one that was prepared to go uh, from David Stern to Adam yeah, Silver right. is, 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 is a big deal. Um, the skepticism that I'm going to maintain, though, is this. Mm-hmm. It's still absolutely and completely about the money. The point is they have come to the conclusion that the way to get to the money is to absolutely and and if I can say honestly, prioritize their players to do that. Uh, and, I'm not, and I'm the not. other leagues have they don't. In fact, it's not. I mean, I would tend to say it actually probably isn't true about the NFL. The NFL doesn't need the players in the exactly. way the NBA needs exactly, the players. Exactly, 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 exactly. And that's what I'm saying. I'm not I'm not some fool trying to promote some socialist nonprofit NBA. All I'm saying is uh, the keyword is prioritize. They prioritize one thing above money and that's the individuals within yeah. the sport and it then leads to all the money. And that brings it in. That's that's what drives me nuts about the NFL is the way that the NFL controls the narrative of the league including the way that they call games, the way that the rules change is to protect the only players that they do care about. Mm-hmm. The elite quarterbacks, mm-hmm. the elite well-spoken quarterbacks more specifically. That's what drives me nuts. They don't promote like you, you, a common fan could, could compare and contrast the promotion of superstars between the NBA and the NFL, and, the, and you could name twenty household names for both sports, right? What's the biggest difference, though? Every guy you can name from the NBA is from all over the world. They play different positions. They have completely different stories. All the guys in the NFL, what do they all do? That they get promoted. They play one position. Yeah, and it drives me nuts because it's so much more than that. What that's about. I mean, it's why. The well, I mean, let's be clear. No, this is very rare, right? That there's going to be an international player. No, in I, know, I know, I know, I know, but but I know. I guess. Point, I guess. The point I, is well I, I guess what I'm saying is that when you look at the NFL top 100 list. I bet you that the common NFL fan, I bet you 75% of the people that spend six to eight hours every Sunday watching the NFL on their couch does not know 75 of the 100 guys on the top 100 list. Yeah, I mean... Unless they play for their team. Right. Like, who knows who Jarrell Casey is? Who knows who Taylor Lewan is? Who knows who Quentin Nelson is? Very, very, very few people know, but they all know who Ryan Tannehill is. They all know who <laughs> Kirk Cousins are, is. But they all know who just the terrible quarterbacks are. Here, here's the thing, though, man. I, I mean... You're right. It's a hell of an NBA segment we're doing. But the point is, <laughs> isn't it? The point is, though, is that the, the football is the sport. I mean, you can talk to me about the NFL promoting, but I mean, the quarterback is the guy that everybody is going to know I in it. virtue it's, of the way the game, what the game the, it's, is. It's the easiest you know? person to market, identify the with, person to identify see what with. they're doing. It's, and, 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 Ironically, even though they've changed all these rules to really protect the quarterbacks, they're also the ones that get hurt the least. The, the, the injuries are the most newsworthy, so it might seem like they get hurt a lot. But the shelf life of an NFL player, shelf life of an NFL quarterback is probably more like eight years. Mm. 
compared to the, a guy who's playing linebacker. They just gave a two. quarterback a hello 10-year contract because right. their belief that he right. will be able to be healthy for, you know, And you would most never in your life give a defensive lineman more than a five-year contract. Oh, no. Never. No, no, no. Because no. it doesn't matter how elite you are, it could just be over like that. Yeah. But back to your point about the NBA, I think they're doing a great job. And I, I don't mean to rant about the priorities of the whole thing. I think the experience in Orlando has been great. I think when I watch baseball, it's weird having no one in the stands. Part of that's because the stadiums are so big. Another part of that is every time they cut a baseball, there's so many, there's so much time between pitches. Mm-hmm. What do they always show? The home crowd, mm-hmm. the guy with his daughter playing catch, the mm-hmm. person eating cracker jacks, the lady with the crazy sign. That's what they show. There's no one to show now, so that's awkward. Yeah, I don't know. I I don't have a problem. I, I I'm enjoying watching baseball. No, I, I, I don't really have a problem am. with it either. I'm just saying it seems more weird. The NBA yeah. doesn't seem weird, especially because there is so many people sitting courtside too. Well, and and That's, I mean, so so like when you the the general look of the court, you don't see empty stands. Baseball, the, the balls get hit all over the place. You see all the empty stands. The arena is spectacularly nice. It is NBA professional level quality nice, but it is the size of a high school gym. I mean, that is what they're they're playing in is is a very small little space. And again, I think that was very smart because the it's. It's the cavern that that makes it weird. I, you know, you could play a game in front of two hundred people in a stadium that holds seventy thousand, and it's it it it's a joke. You could also play a game in front of a hundred people in a stadium that holds a hundred people, and it, it feels like it's the right. Super Bowl. You right, know, right, right. That's why like Sac State basketball has a big, uh, home court advantage. That's right. Big sky, even though they have a thousand fans, because their stadium holds a so thousand fans. The NBA said, "Let's make it exactly the size that we need it to be, which is not very big at all, and let's fill it up." Yep, and yep. it's full. Yep, and and, and yep. It, by the way, baseball couldn't do that. It's not a fault of baseball; it's a reality of the sport. But that is what it is. It's two tell Nuanas, one hundred two nine ESPN Radio. Circle back around to some NBA stuff in the second hour after we get done uh, with some Legion baseball updates as well, because I do think that the uh, the basketball is quite interesting and entertaining, especially for specific teams. I do think that the narrative of NBA players uh, loafing around sometimes. I've seen that be absolutely very true for some teams that are kind of in the driver's seat, mm-hmm. and I've also seen. I mean, the, the Rockets-Blazers game last night looked like a Game 7 of the Western Conference Finals to me. Yeah. I mean, it was completely inspired. The effort was unbelievable. So I think that there's really good basketball being played. I mean, the Jazz-Grizzlies game I mentioned earlier, great game as well. Hour one of the books, hour two straight ahead. Sam Herter from Hero Sports joins us for the ESPN Roundtable. Help us get a lay of the land in the FCS as it stands today. Next. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia. When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 